Julian, it's Perimenopause Podcast here. Today I'm talking from B at Yes Parenting on Instagram. How are you today, B? I'm really well, thank you, Lorna. How are you? Good, thank you. We were just discussing about last night's sleep, full moon and uh, perimenopausy times of tossing and turning in bed. So, uh, yeah, feeling a bit bit jaded this morning myself, personally, and, um, and everything that's going on with the coronavirus too, being at home cabin fever as well adding to it all how, how are you coping with the coronavirus well right now I feel, right now I feel like I'm in a pretty good place we had to go into quarantine for two weeks because a chap that I help with shopping mm-hmm. um he then developed a cough and a fever so because I'd been in his apartment putting his shopping away from because he's a disabled man mm-hmm. uh we then had to kind of essentially apart from walking my dog each day um self-isolate and that was a very weird time because my husband and I don't live together we live two doors apart so Mm -hmm. for that two weeks he and I you know we were able to talk across the gardens but that was as close as we were able to be to each other that was a very strange time so now that we're out the other side of that and the sun is shining and it feels very spring-like um I'm kind of really finding my stride I think right now and then the other thing that I'm doing is every day I'm doing these free live tapping sessions where I'm doing EFT sessions live Uh on Instagram and YouTube every day and Uh that's really supporting me whilst supporting others as well oh good so how we just join in on Instagram and you you, you show everyone what to do uh, so Monday to Friday, 3 p.m. British mm-hmm. summertime, mm-hmm. and you literally can just jump on either live on Instagram, which, as you said earlier, is at Yes Parenting, mm-hmm. and my YouTube channel is just my name, B Marshall, mm-hmm. and it normally lasts 30 to 45 minutes, but people come in and out, and um, tapping is another name for an energy therapy called Emotional Freedom Technique, which is abbreviated to EFT, mm-hmm. and we tap on acupressure points whilst letting our attention focus on wherever we're feeling any kind of stress or tension or discomfort, and that could be emotional, mental, or physical. Mm-hmm. And as we tap on these acupressure points um, with our focus on whatever's bothering us, it brings relief to those areas and it sends a message to a part of our brain called the amygdala that that part of our brain doesn't need to jump into fight-flight response. So it, it supports us to stay calm and it gives us like a mental spaciousness from which we can think about what we might need to do from a much calmer place. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a really amazing thing to do. It's the way that I work with all of my one-to-one clients, uh-huh. but I felt like I wanted to offer it to everybody on a kind of a more general level while mm. we go through this lockdown phase. Okay, I think I'll have a look at that today. I will tune in. I know yeah, I noticed lovely. something the other day that you were doing it, so I'll, I'll tune in this afternoon because I think I need a bit of that today. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> we got talking on Instagram, didn't we? We both follow mm. each other and you, you do your great digital parenting online courses as well, don't you? Yes, so I um, have the Yes Parenting Digital Pack, which is a really comprehensive but very affordable, um, well, it's not exactly a course because you once you have it, you have it for life and you can dip in and out in any mm-hmm. order that it makes sense to you. But it's there specifically for parents and parents of children at any age. Like it doesn't matter if you... Start your yes parenting journey when your baby, your children are babies. They're mm-hmm. always our babies in a way, aren't they? But <laughs> or when your children, you know, are teenagers or even potentially young adults. But um, yes, parenting is a compassionate, respectful, and really kind way of 
raising our children compared to conventional parenting, which is how I started out, which is at its root is very much um, kind of founded in control and fear on very kind of low levels, Mm -hmm. but it is control and fear nonetheless. So if you think about kind of timeouts or grounding or Mm -hmm. star charts, all of that kind of stuff is ultimately about how we manage our children's behavior. Whereas yes, parenting mm-hmm. um, comes under the umbrella of gentle parenting or mm-hmm. conscious parenting. And it's really about understanding that all behaviors um, actually have a positive intention and mm-hmm. that the child is trying to tell us something. And so yeah. my digital pack supports parents to kind of understand these different layers that are going on so that they can have incredible relationships mm. with their kids. Mm. Yeah. Oh, very good. Oh, I like the sound of that. Sounds uh, interesting. Thank you. <laughs> so um, have you got, any, I know we've spoken before, we touched on menopause and perimenopause as well. Have you had perimenopause? Yeah, so I, um, when I, I can track it back um, to when I got married in the summer of 2017, mm-hmm. I thought at the time that I was just stressed with the lead up to getting married uh-huh. and because at that time um I was 39 mm-hmm. I think I was or 39 or 40 anyway 39 or 40 and um, my, my brain wasn't really uh thinking about perimenopause at all my brain was just thinking about you know get, I was getting yeah. married and I was feeling very tired I was very irritable I was um at times really not sleeping very well I would kind of was very forgetful I found myself struggling to remember words all these sorts of things Mm -hmm. and I just put it down to you know feeling stressed and then my period which had always my menstrual cycle has always been like clockwork Mm -hmm. and I had one cycle where my cycle was 21 days but Mm -hmm. then I had a 13 day bleed and then I had a cycle that was 42 days and I ended up taking a pregnancy test because Mm -hmm. I just was like what the heck is going on yeah um so but but again I just put it down to the stress around getting married Uh and then I seemed to come back to normal and now I I went through this phase again so again several more months of a repeat of these symptoms but I also started getting symptoms very similar to when I was um in puberty Uh so I I had a one month period where my breasts just Oh, they were so uncomfortable, almost yeah. painful. It's horrible, um, isn't it? You just don't go near oh. me, don't touch me, don't come near me. And yeah. <laughs> even wearing a bra, isn't it? It just makes you feel uncomfortable. Well, I, I ha- actually haven't worn a bra for 10 years, so unfortunately <laughs> I didn't have that to deal with. But, but yeah, just, just <laughs> you. And, um, oh, yeah, and, and so all of, all of this is going on again. I mean, I've had moments where I have, for example, there's this one time I was making porridge and in my kitchen so I'd had my milk in my pan and the, the gas was on so don't all of that fine and I went to my larder to get the oats uh-huh. and this is something I was doing every day and I came back to pour the oats into the pan and I had a blue Ikea bag in my hand I didn't have oats at all I just had, I was trying to pour a blue Ikea bag into my milk and I stood there and I was like Something, I, I mean, it was like something's not right. right. It's Sorry, it's not brain. funny. It's just making me laugh. Well, it <laughs> is funny, though, isn't it? I mean, like, how does our brain 
I know. Go into these places of just completely losing the plot. So, <laughs> and then I realised, oh my God, I need oats. Why have I got a back to this Ikea bag? But I've done things like try to put the kettle in the fridge rather than yeah. the milk in the fridge, you know, all that kind of stuff. And what was interesting was I started to think, hmm, maybe this is perimenopause. Uh-huh. And I had decided I wanted to have my coil taken out. And I had a, um, a copper coil, so no hormonal stuff. Uh-huh. And what when I was at the um, at the sexual health clinic for my appointment to have it taken out, I said to the uh, sexual health nurse, I said, I said, I, you know, I said, I'm very interested to see how my cycle responds to having this out because I said I'm perimenopausal. Mm. And, you know, it'd be interesting for me to see if this makes any difference. And she said, gosh, you can't be perimenopausal. You're a bit too young for that. Mm-hmm. Um, she was an older woman. And I said, no, I think I am. Yeah. And she said, well, what makes you think you are? And I described my symptoms. And then one of the things I said, I said, if I'm not perimenopausal, yeah. then my concern would be I have early onset dementia. Yeah. And she said, okay, I think you're perimenopausal. And it was such a relief mm. to have a health professional acknowledge and validate what I was thinking for myself. Yeah. Because the only other alternative was thinking I was going a bit crazy. Yeah, no. <laughs> You do, don't yeah. you? You think, yeah. maybe I am. Maybe, maybe I am going a bit bonkers. What maybe, as you say, early onset dementia, it does go through your mind, doesn't it? You do ask yourself that question. Because you, you just have no idea yeah, why yeah. suddenly your brain is not functioning. Mm. Or you're doing things, way... you think, why am I doing that for? I don't yeah. know what, what, when you realize, but then did you laugh afterwards as well, though? When you? Oh, yes. I, once I realised what's happened and I've kind of managed to process any stress that I might be feeling because of the situation I found myself in, uh-huh. um, yes, then I find it hilarious. <laughs> but it's not funny in the middle of it. Like, if no. I can't find the word... Yeah. And I know, like, I know that whatever the word I'm looking for is a really normal word, and I can't find it, mm. and that's happening to me for the fourth or the fifth time that day. Yeah, it's In frustrating. In the middle of that, yeah. yeah, I don't find it funny. Yeah. But then later on, I find it absolutely hilarious. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, so you, I, go on. So you knew about perimenopause then? You had some idea of, you'd heard of it, because I'd never heard of perimenopause uh, at all. I had. I'm part of a wonderful women's circle where we... Oh. Um, we gather, we, we kind of follow the cycle of the year according to the um, the kind of the traditional kind of pagan calendar. Oh, yes. And mm-hmm. so we meet in the woods and we sit around a fire. It's the most extraordinary kind of experience for me as a woman. I've been in that group now for about three or four years. Mm-hmm. And there are older women in the group. And so I had heard these women, you know, as... <laughs> Sitting around the fire with these other women of, um, you know, varying ages, so some younger than me, but some women older, Mm -hmm. I was aware that, you know, occasionally one of the older women would talk about perimenopause as part of sharing whatever they were bringing into the circle that night. And so it just kind of was a word that I was aware of. And I, um, you know, I I had gone at some point and looked it up Uh to understand more about it. My mum had never heard the phrase. When I talked to her about it, she said, I have no idea what perimenopause is. I didn't know about the menopause. Uh So so I kind of, I knew of it. I just didn't realise that that was what was happening for me at first. You know, Uh it was... Because I think I, my mum was 
So when I talked to my mum about her, her experience of menopause, she said, oh, I don't, I, nothing, I don't really know. I mean, I just kind of got to 50 and I stopped bleeding. Yeah. And I said, oh, did you not have any symptoms? She went, no, not really. I might have had the odd hot flush, but no, not really. Uh-huh. I said, oh. And then I thought, well, my mum isn't necessarily the most self-aware when it comes to her body and uh-huh. things like that. And she works very uh, long hours and quite an intensive job before she retired. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, I'll ring my mum's sister because she's a homeopath and she's much more self-reflective. Yeah. And I had I had read online that often, you know, the pattern of menopause travels down the female line of a of a family. Uh-huh. So I thought, well, you know, I'll chat to her. And I, I chatted to her and I said, oh, what was your menopause like? She said, oh, don't really know, really. I got to 50 and I stopped bleeding. Wow. And I, I was like, oh, so you and my mum, two sisters, have had basically exactly the same, same experience. Minute, yeah. Interesting. And here's me having something really different. So yeah. I don't really have anybody in my family uh-huh. who... You know, have yeah. experienced it the way I am, but I do feel confident that you know I have the women in my women's circle, and then I've connected with people like you. Uh-huh. You know, there are these other women experiencing perimenopausal yeah. uh, symptoms, and it's it's so important to have that community. I think because yeah. when you're, I seem to have phases, so I have several months of quite intense perimenopausal symptoms. Yeah, it goes up and, and down, doesn't it? It didn't, yeah, and then it goes away, you, know, you yeah. come back again. Yeah, Exactly. So at the moment, I'm quite free of perimenopause symptoms, thank goodness. Good. I think that, on top of yeah. everything we're experiencing with coronavirus, mm. you know, that would be quite a challenge. Although I did wake up twice last night drenched yeah. in sweat, so maybe that is perimenopausal. I don't know. That's a new thing if it is. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yes, it's an interesting journey to be on. Uh, yeah. And what have you found to be the worst part, really? I know we spoke about forgetful things. Um, what would you the, say? The most challenging thing for me is that um, I'm an, I'm autistic. And mm-hmm. part of being autistic is that I have a really strong need for predictability. Mm-hmm. So um, when things move out of predictability, and there are three aspects to predictability, I think. One mm-hmm. is things are familiar. Two is that they're reliable, mm-hmm. and three is that they're consistent. Yeah, and those three things together create a predictable yeah. environment, predictable experiences. Mm-hmm. Perimenopause is anything <laughs> but predictable. <laughs> yeah, it right. is not familiar. It is not reliable, and it isn't consistent. And it arrives like a tidal wave, doesn't it? When it when it when it does, when it rears its head, it's just like yeah. poof. And you're not yeah. if you're not ready for it. It's like what is going on? What is this? Yeah. yeah. So that, that for me has been the biggest challenge mm-hmm. is that the unpredictability of it kind of hits me like a bus. Mm. And I am learning to soften in to how difficult I find that because I'm aware that I can't fight it. I can't have, sit down with perimenopause and have a word with it and say, look, for goodness sake, yeah. if we're going to go through this process, at least could you have some kind of consistency to it? Or <laughs> It'd be nice, be, wouldn't it? Yeah. Ring me up and just say, just to let you know, but I'm going to be turning up next <laughs> Wednesday and I'm going to hang around for four months. Like, write everything down, make sure you've yeah. got the list where you know where to look for them. So you can't do that. And, and that, for me, has been really challenging because when um, when I experience unpredictability, because I'm autistic, I have a much stronger yeah, um, sense of risk. Well, I have much more response to it. Yeah. So I then have to really manage my 
energy and my time and things to support me uh-huh. to navigate that. And so that then impacts my ability to, for example, manage food for my family. That impacts my ability to stay on top of yeah. laundry or the, the, all the sorts of things that most of us find challenging at the best of times. Yeah. I then find that even harder yeah. or staying on top of my business. So yeah. that for me is the most difficult thing, Bless more you. difficult than the actual symptoms themselves. Yeah, the symptoms, are, I mean, they're, they're quite tough. They're you know, for all of it, everyone, they're all quite tough. On top of what you you experience as well with with your autism, it must be really hard. Yeah, yeah. I think it is, and I think I mean I'm only recently diagnosed. Like many many women, mm. I um I haven't, but I was officially diagnosed in November of 2019. Uh-huh. Even though I had realised for myself back in the May of 2018, mm-hmm. but many many women don't realise that they're autistic or receive a diagnosis until in their 30s, 40s, 50s, sometimes even 60s and 70s. Mm. So there must be so many women who are also autistic but don't know they're autistic, who are reaching or going through this perimenopause age where they're probably reading about the symptoms and thinking, but it's not the symptoms that are the hardest thing for me. Mm. It's, It's... unpredictability of it yeah you know it's the fact that I feel like I'm constantly in fight flight or freeze mode yeah and I think that is um it's something that I've thought about um but haven't yet kind of found the words or the platform I suppose to speak about it or write about it yeah interesting but I think that you know I really think that's a thing and I haven't yet found any autistic women who are talking about it yeah um but I definitely think that is a conversation that needs to be had yeah because it, okay. it does give it a different slant I think yeah because I don't know about have you have you had the anxiety symptom um, or have you not yes but anxiety is part of um it, anxiety is part of being autistic because yeah. part of being autistic is that your brain is quite often in fight flight freeze yeah. mode it's quite often has an anxious response to even just kind of everyday things like going to the shop mm. so I use the EFT that I talked about at the beginning uh-huh. I use that to support me uh-huh. to well to manage I mean anything and everything but that's that is brilliant for supporting anybody who is experiencing anxiety okay. so I keep my anxiety at a low level so if I do have a surge in anxiety that doesn't seem related to anything else going on and therefore it's possibly a perimenopausal thing mm-hmm. I will start tapping and the tapping will ease that okay oh, that's, that's good to know thank you that would help the followers that might be experiencing that be good so you need to follow Bay's Instagram and her YouTube page for the to, to find out how to do the tapping Tapping is so easy. It's yeah. so easy. Anyone can do it. So, uh-huh. Yeah, it's a it's such a brilliant tool to have in your back pocket as long as you remember to use it when you need it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I know for me, anxiety was quite. I, I've never well, I had anxiety before things like um, you know taking tests, your driving tests, or times when you you know you you get worried about things and different sort of worry, and um, and then at the blue. I, the anxiety hit me I got like palpitations and I couldn't move I was like frozen in the spot and I've never had that feeling before and um and when I spoke to my doctor I just said I, I, I thought is it a symptom I don't know maybe you know as you say you think you're going mad you think you've got early dementia or mm. and I asked my consultant and she said no it's a symptom and um so it's just interesting as you say you with the autism that you have as well as that anxiety for another for, for other women it must feel must be feeling quite terrifying 
I think it has the potential to. Yeah. But, um, I think this is perhaps where autism becomes a bit of a superpower because my experience of navigating the world anyway yeah. is, uh, or can be, really challenging, like in ways that non-autistic people probably can't imagine. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I obviously I can't know because I can't know what it's like not to be an autistic person, yeah, but I, yeah. it's possible that for me, being in a supermarket may well uh, have the same levels of anxiety that non-autistic women experience in perimenopause potentially. Yeah, yeah. So because I've had years, of, although I didn't realise it was due to being autistic, but because I've had years of uh-huh. learning how to support myself with that level of anxiety mm-hmm. and how to have compassion for myself and mm-hmm. all that, and you know, and then of course using the tapping, um, I think I've been able to kind of manage the sudden kind of uh, additional kind of yeah. surge of anxiety in a way that has meant it hasn't. Yeah, derailed you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like you know, you you know the triggers sort of thing. You know, if the trigger, you know, triggers, and you get that feeling, you must think, ah, no, now you know what that is. Yeah, I think the hardest thing for me about anxiety is how irrational it seems. You know, because I can, you know, um, I I think you you know you can be like, there's there's nothing wrong right now. Like I'm feeling this yeah. panic or this intense worry or like you know my heart is racing I'm you know I'm feeling like I can't sit still and but I can't do anything like you know that whole yeah. kind of it's overwhelming and yet your brain is also saying but there's nothing wrong right now you know I'm just sitting at my kitchen table I'm sitting on my sofa and there is no reason for me to be feeling like this and yet I cannot control it yeah that is you know that is really scary but that's where I use the emotional freedom technique okay. because it clears and releases that. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's thank you very much. That's been really interesting. Thanks, B. Mm. And so, have you had NHS health, or have you had to have you had to go on privately to help with you with perimenopausal symptoms, or are you been no. managing okay with natural? I'm remedies? currently been managing okay myself and I think when I spoke to the sexual health nurse when I had my appointment for my coil to be taken out mm-hmm. you know she said if you you know you just come back to us if you need us um, and so far you know I haven't thought I've needed to but I'm also I'm really the early you know the early I'm only like two or three years into my perimenopausal journey I'm only 42 yeah. mm-hmm. yes I'm 42 and mm-hmm. um, so I'm aware that, you know, the next time a perimenopausal kind of um, wave comes through, it may well be different. It may well be more intense. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm quite open to seeing what my options are. I would like, to the best of my ability, to kind of navigate this, what feels like a real kind of rite of passage as a woman. To me, it feels like it can be a very powerful and positive experience, even though it's hard. Uh I'd like to navigate that. Um, by being as present as possible to it, but I'm also aware of the fact that you know that actually may not be possible. It may feel too much. Yeah. So in general, with you know, just in general in my life, I use homeopathy as my primary form of mm-hmm. 
a kind of self treatment remedy for mm-hmm. all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And I work within myself, I work with back flower remedies and mm-hmm. essential oils. And then, of course, the emotion, emotional freedom technique and mindfulness. And, you know, all those sorts of things are all part of how I, yeah. you know, look after my well being. Yeah. Um, Good. So, you know, who knows whether I will end up, you know, needing to. Needing to kind of draw on the, you know, NHS or whatever, or, yeah. or whether I'll be able to stay with it. But I, I'm open to either. I don't want to find myself in a position. You know, I've heard some women say, oh, "I'd never go on HRT," and I just think, well, yeah, you, you don't know. Like that's a re- that HRT can be such a lifesaver for women, yeah. can't it? Yeah, it was so, for me. Mm, yeah, it's just, mm, I, when it was when I I took it and I I'm denied. I thought, as you say, I was one of those women that'd be like, oh, "I'm not taking HRT." And in the end, I was so sort of desperate for to regain the quality of life. And um, I took mm. it and, oh, within weeks, a matter of weeks, I just felt so much better. My energy levels and just little things like my skin and my hair would look just it would look much better. Mm. And um, I just felt more myself. And um, so I think, yeah, don't rule it out. If, if your symptoms are that bad and it's affecting your quality of life, then you have to try it, I think. At least give it a try. I think you're right. I think it's really within yes parenting, um, and yes parenting principles can actually be applied to any area of life. But one of the key principles is about finding a yes to joy, peace, and connection. Mm-hmm. And you know, I it sounds to me when you describe your experience with HRT, HRT was absolutely that yes to joy, peace, and connection within yourself. Yeah. And I think that's one of the you know the extraordinary things about conventional medicine and mm-hmm. pharmaceuticals is that you know they have an incredible role to play and that they you know particularly being in the UK with the NHS they're there and they're available for us which is just you know so amazing because you know many women around the world don't have access yeah. to that so yeah. we are in a very privileged position uh-huh. yeah I definitely agree and I mean I'm hoping that the women with everything that's going on at the moment with coronavirus, I'm hoping that women, I know there was already a shortage of HRT before all this came to us. Um, so I'm hoping that women are managing to cope with whatever HRT they've got at the moment to get them through. I was quite surprised, my doctor, because my doctor's put me back on HRT because I had to have an implant. And um, I was fully expecting my, my chemist to tell me that he didn't have the HRT, but he did, so I was quite right. surprised. So I, just, I didn't know there was a shortage Wow. Yeah, there's but there was a shortage. It's been quite quite a while now. Um so yeah, so um so I'm hoping that everything going on, the the, the it might have all the shortages might have been rectified, but I'm hoping women have been able to to receive the, the treatment from their doctors throughout this because it must be awful mm. with the stress mm. of everything that's going on and then if you're manage, trying to manage your, your menopause or perimenopause symptoms on top of it. Um, and I say I'm glad I got my my order in because I started mm. mine again last week. So, um, mm. but um, so, but so where do you see yourself in ten years' time, B? Oh wow! Where <laughs> do I see myself in ten? Right, ten years' time. I'll be fifty-two. Uh-huh. My eldest son will be approaching twenty-six. My uh-huh. youngest son will be twenty-four. I tell you, with the first thing that comes to my mind is that I am taking my time travelling the world uh, either by foot or by train or by boat or by bus but without flying and doing that with my husband. Uh Sounds lovely. 
potentially writing as I go. That that was the first. I mean, that that was not a, a you know, I'm not a, the kind of person that has ten year plans, but that was the first thing that came to my mind. The second. Yeah, I can see you doing mind, something like that. Yeah, the second thing that, mind you, I'm watching Race Across the World at the moment, which is hugely inspiring me, so uh-huh. that might be influencing But the <laughs> other thing, actually, that comes to mind is something I think of often, and that is to be living in the countryside uh-huh. and being surrounded by nature, uh-huh. having my hens, I mean, I have hens already, but having my hens in nature, tending to my garden, sitting in the sun, reading, uh-huh. writing. Um, and Yeah, I can see you in the countryside. Yeah, I, I long to live. The only reason I live in the city is because neither of my sons would want to be in the countryside at all. Uh-huh. And, you know, I um, I think it, right now, yeah. uh, you know, I want to support them and I can manage here. But yes, I, I long to be in the countryside. So that's the other place I might be. Maybe I'll be doing a mixture of traveling and then coming yeah. back to my home in the country and then maybe making TV. I mean, I definitely see um, presenting TV programs in my future. And yeah. That's something I've been working on for a few years with uh-huh. different production companies, but it, nothing's come to fruition yet. But, you know, you just never know when yeah. channels might decide, actually, yeah, now's the time for this program. Yeah. So, oh, well, hopefully we'll you might get mentioned on here. We, when, you're, when the pod goes out, we'll give you a little mention. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what what has been your best menno moment? I know you said about the IKEA bag. Yeah, the IKEA bag was pretty spectacular. I think my <laughs> best menno moment actually probably possibly isn't I think that would probably be my actual menno moment. moment. But uh-huh. the but the other one that comes to mind is when <laughs> um the radio I, I often speak on the radio about parenting. Uh-huh. And one of the BBC radio stations had rung me and wanted me to come on and talk about whatever the subject was that day. And I said to them, you know, I am, as you know, I love being on the radio, really happy to come on. But I said, I have to let you know, I'm currently experiencing a lot of perimenopausal symptoms. And that means I'm, I can suddenly find, I can't find the word I'm looking for. And I can't guarantee that that won't happen on live radio. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, that's fine. We'll just take that in our stride. Don't you worry about it. And it Aww. felt so wonderful because she could have turned around and said, "Don't worry, B. We'll find someone else." Or, yeah. You know, but she just, yeah, she just took it in her stride, and that for me felt really powerful because one of the things that I've always noticed about myself is my willingness to um, speak up and out about things that a lot of other people mm-hmm. don't feel comfortable speaking up and out about. Yeah, I've got that and, impression of you. Yeah. Yeah, and so actually, to know that, you know, if I found myself on live radio and couldn't find a word, I would just be able to say, I'm having a perimenopausal moment and I have no idea what the words <laughs> I'm looking for. Good, good. You know, and I just think that would that would be amazing. So I think the fact that I've already had that exchange with a radio producer uh-huh. and to know that actually I can own my perimenopause on live radio. Yeah, you can handle anything, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a very special. Oh, moment. yeah, I'd say that's your best manner moment. I think, yeah. And um, who would you like to give a big shout out to? A mention who's been supportive and instrumental in helping you through the menopause. Your well, like your meno warrior. My husband is both oh. incredibly supportive and amazing, whilst also finds it incredibly challenging. Yeah. So I think you know. Uh, I think it's a it's a it's a huge growth time and learning time for both of us mm-hmm. when I go through my perimenopause seasons because
because, you know, just like me, he has no idea where it's come from, how long it's going to be around for, what's going to show up next. Uh And it has a huge impact on our relationship. Um, And often in the moment, he actually finds it very, very difficult. Mm. But then once he's had a bit of time to kind of process, he's so supportive and he's right there with me. And, you know, he's, he's just like, well, this is just the journey of being a woman. And it is the journey of being a woman. And I think that makes it exciting. Yeah. Um, And I'm very, I'm very Very lucky I get to go through it with him. Oh, it sounds lovely. And what about your sons? Are they, are they quite helpful with you? Do they understand Um, him? Do they, or do they, like my sons are a bit like, oh God, what's wrong with mum now? Are they they a bit like that? (laughs) I've always been really just like, um, direct and honest with my boys about whatever's going on with me. Uh Um, because I'm a very emotional person anyway. So uh-huh. I've always just, rather than, I've never tried to hide my emotions because that would be impossible for me. So they've always, uh, they've always been used to me talking about what's going on with me. And uh-huh. so I quite often will talk anyway just about my menstrual cycle uh-huh. um, and where I'm at in my cycle and therefore how I'm feeling. So talking about perimenopause and how my body is changing just is a natural progression of that. Yeah. Because they're 14 and almost 16, they're not really of an age where they, you know, want to sit down and have a cup of tea with me and say, oh, tell me <laughs> more about that, Mum, you know? <laughs> but, I know. Um, my boys but, balk at the idea. They're like, oh. But, you know, but that said, they, you know, they don't turn around and say whatever or yeah. anything like that. I think... They're quite um, understanding. Yeah, I think in they're their quite way. understanding in yeah. their own way. And... You know, I, what I've learned is that, you know, I think as women, um, we often don't know how to directly ask for help. We ask yeah. for help in quite veiled ways or slightly passive-aggressive ways. Yeah. And I, you know, I've just learned, um, not just through perimenopause, but just in general, that actually the best way to ask for help is literally to ask for help. So yeah. I will say to my boys, you know, I need help. Would you be willing to do this for me uh-huh. and more often than not you know they are you know they are willing to help mm. so I'm just quite direct with them and that seems to help them know yeah. how best to be supportive oh well thank you Bea it's been lovely talking to you this morning lovely talking to you too Lorna thank oh. you for inviting me on that's all right it's been a pleasure we'll have to put our heads together and do and do something else together as well maybe another pod or a live yeah if you fancy one day yeah, lovely. I love doing lives especially. But yes, any anything, I'm always up for it. I'm always happy to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I will look after yourself. Take care. Stay healthy. And you. And take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Lorna. Bye. Bye.